So Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Hear the word of the Lord. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and... On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord remains forever. You would please bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be pleasing and honoring in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name alone that we pray. Amen. Well, some of you may have seen a, a video that I had posted online of our son, Oliver. Um, Christmas Day was very special for them, uh, for Oliver and Elliot and Maddie Grace, uh, because they received a John Deere tractor. It's this little power wheels that they like to, to drive around our yard. Um, they got it from their grandmother, and uh, it has been a huge hit ever since. Uh, we know that the battery lasts uh, roughly an hour and a half, and uh, it gets run out every day, and we got to plug it back in. But um, they love it. Uh, Oliver had never driven anything before. Uh, Elliot, when he got on it, he was a pro. He could drive all over the place. Oliver, unfortunately, could not. <laughs> and uh, as a good dad would do, you know, I was videotaping him uh, with my phone. And as soon as he got on it, the first thing he did was ran smack into a fence and shattered a clay pot uh, that we had there. And his reaction was priceless because he got out and he looked down at it and he said, I just broke that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, son, you did. You just broke that. Um, So uh, needless to say, he has improved tremendously since then. Um, If he gets a chance to drive, usually it's Maddie Grace who who hogs the John Deere uh, because she loves to do that. And it is quite a sight to see Maddie Grace tooling around uh, our backyard on the John Deere. Uh, But the reason I tell this story this morning, um, because uh, I realize that Oliver is like us as we face temptations. 
And we're going to obviously be talking about the temptations of Jesus this morning. Uh, because most of the time what we do is uh, we're in the driver's seat and we face our temptations alone. Uh, we think that we are in control. But we're going to see this morning that Jesus conquered Satan in the temptations and ultimately at the cross. And now we face our temptations not alone, but we face them with Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we've made it through the first three chapters of Luke, and now we begin the ministry of Jesus. He has been born. Uh, We saw John the Baptist. We saw Jesus being baptized. We read his genealogy last week, so we know who he is. We understand the fact that he is God and man. And now he begins his ministry. And what is it that the the very first thing that God leads him to do? He doesn't lead him to a, a stadium full of people. He doesn't lead him to Jerusalem to start proclaiming. He leads him out to the wilderness. He is led by the Spirit there uh, to be tempted by Satan. Uh, we need to know, remember two important things as we, as we look at these temptations. is Remember the fact that Jesus is a human being. Uh, we talked about that in length last week with his genealogy, the fact that Jesus is human. Uh, he faced these temptations not as God. Um, obviously, he never gives up his divine nature. But he faced them as a human being, like you and I. This was a struggle for him. This was actual temptation. Uh, He is a human being, and he he faced this in his humanity. Um, And it's also important to remember that these are and were uh, an important part of God's plan. This wasn't an accident. They they didn't just happen to meet up in the wilderness. Uh, God led him out there by the power of the Holy Spirit. We know that nothing happens outside of the realm of God's control. So with those two things in mind, uh, let's look at these temptations. Uh, We're going to look at the fact that Jesus uh, was tempted in three ways. Satan tempted him with provision, with power, and with protection. So three Ps, provision, power, and protection. Now Jesus had been fasting for 40 days here in the wilderness, and uh, as the Bible says, He ate nothing during these days, and perhaps one of the greatest understatements in all the Bible, and he was hungry. Uh, I cannot imagine uh, the hunger after 40 days of not eating. Uh, Sometimes it's hard uh, to to describe the hunger after four hours of not eating, maybe even 40 minutes. When I was a teenager, it seemed like I had to eat that often. But thinking 40 days, he is intensely famished. Um, maybe even to the point where he feels like he is dying. And so Satan comes to him and says, If you are the Son of God, a grand if statement, then commands these stones to become bread. What Satan is saying here is, is if, and that's a big if, if you are God's Son, why are you starving out here in the wilderness? Why isn't God taking care of you? This is crazy. Just make those stones into bread. You really shouldn't be suffering like this. But Jesus responds with words from Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 3. And he says, man does not live by bread alone. The extension, the continuation of that verse is, um, but lives by the very word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus is saying that 
Satan, I will not use my divine power to satisfy my own human desires. Yes, I'm starving, but I will trust in my Father to provide for me. My Father is good and He is perfect and He loves me. I will rely on Him for my provision. So what Satan's doing here is he's, he's trying to question, get Jesus to question his own identity, whether or not he is actually God's son. And Jesus responds by simple trust in his heavenly Father. You see, throughout his life, we're going to see again and again that Jesus simply subjects himself to the will of the Father. When he came down, when he, uh, as we read in Philippians 2, when he humbled himself and became a man, He subjected himself to God, to God's will, not his own. He didn't want to work outside the bonds of that relationship. He trusted in his Father to provide. And obviously we're going to see ourselves being tempted in these very same ways that we look at this morning. So how are we tempted in this way? Well, Satan tempts us also to question our identity as the children of God. As we looked at in Galatians chapter 4, we have been adopted by God into his family through faith in Christ. We are sons and daughters. We are children of God. But when life doesn't go maybe exactly the way that we plan it to go, we start to think um, and have these questions that are going on in the back of our minds. And we start to begin, uh, we begin to question our identity as children of God. Uh, whenever, we don't, whenever we suffer or things don't go uh, exactly the way that we think we deserve or the way that we desire, there's this voice that is echoing in the back of our heads. You know, God, am, am I really yours? Am I really your child? If I'm really yours, why am I going through this? Why am I having to endure this? Like when we get passed over for a promotion at work or we go on a job interview and we don't get it or... Uh, We see non-Christians around us who are seemingly doing better than we are. um, And we never seem to be able to get ahead. Or you're that mom who has the the kid with a dirty diaper who's screaming. Another one's throwing a fit or maybe throwing up on their bed. And there's a mess in the the kitchen and there's another one outside. And and you start to question, God, God, why? Um, Why am I having to endure this? Uh, In these times, Satan tempts us to question God's provision as his children. But questioning God's provision was just the first way that Satan tempted Jesus. Um, He also tempted Jesus with power. So Satan takes Jesus to a place where they could see all the kingdoms of the world at a moment's time. So think of this, when uh, you're watching a movie and there's this epic scene where, where people are on top of a mountain or they're climbing a mountain. Uh, you can think of the Lord of the Rings or, or some other thing like that. And you see this grand landscape and they, they do this pan where they kind of circle around the, the group. Uh, that's what I kind of imagine is going on here. They're, they're on this mountain and they see all the kingdoms of the world. Maybe even kingdoms of the past, maybe even kingdoms of the future. And they see all this uh, authority and all this uh, power. Um, And Satan says to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it's been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, 
it will all be yours. In a sense, what Satan is saying here is, Jesus, you can have this crown of glory and you can have it without suffering. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to die. I will simply give it to you if you will just bow down and worship me. But once again, Jesus responds with words from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. He says, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. Jesus is saying, you know, Satan, what you are offering me is very impressive. Um, but I know that this kingdom, these kingdoms will not last. And I will not have you as a Lord over me. I will not worship you. I will walk the way of suffering for my people. I won't seek my own personal gain. My Father's desire is for me to walk the road to the cross. I will not stray from that path for any reason or for any personal gain. You see, what Satan is doing here, he's offering Jesus a shortcut. Um, In a sense, he's saying, you can have everything that you desire right now. You don't have to live the rest of your life. You don't have to go through what God has for you. You can simply have it right now. But Jesus once again responds by trusting in his Father in heaven. Because Jesus knew the path that was designed for him. And he knew that it was one of suffering. But he knew that that was the only way for salvation and for redemption to be accomplished was through suffering. There was no way around it. There was no shortcut. Uh, If he had chosen that route, it may have been great for him at the beginning. uh, But in the end, uh, salvation would have been lost. We would still be lost in our sins and without hope for redemption. Now, we obviously get tempted to take shortcuts as well. Um, It's much easier to, to cheat on a test than to put in the time studying because we need to get a get a we think we need to get a good grade in this class because we need to get into a good school and get a good job and so we take the easy route. Um, think of all the athletes recently uh, who have been uh, been charged with taking steroids or human growth hormones to get ahead in their sports. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, obviously one of the the main ones, having to sit out the entire next season of baseball. This man who's making millions has a contract worth a quarter of a billion dollars, and yet he needed to use steroids uh, to get ahead. Um, there's pastors. Uh, we are not immune who have been known to use other people's sermons uh, rather than putting in the long hours of, of study um, and preparing their own. They can just take one off the internet. Here, the, here's what Tim Keller said on this subject. So why don't I just change a few things? Uh, I'll have you know I did not do that this morning. This is mine. Um, But it's tempting sometimes to take that shortcut, Uh, especially with the Internet, with the plethora of of things that we have available to us. Um, It's easy to take that route. And we live in a culture, as you know, of instant gratification, of taking shortcuts. We don't live in a very patient culture to wait for God and for his timing. And as Christians, what we're, we're tempted to avoid suffering and persecution of the Christian life, even though we know that these things are to be expected. Uh, in 2 Timothy 3, Paul says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, 
while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. So not only does Satan uh, tempt Jesus to question God's provision, not only does he tempt him to question God's power, uh, but, but he also tempts Jesus to question God's protection. So Satan brings him to the pinnacle of the temple. And as, he, uh, as they are standing there, he urges Jesus to, to take a leap of faith, to take a step, to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple. And he gets crafty here. He starts quoting scripture. He notices that Jesus has been responding with the words of Deuteronomy. So he says, well, I can play that game. This is what scripture says. God has said that he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. Or on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You see, what Jesus is being tempted to here is, in a sense, to declare himself as the Messiah for everyone to see. Uh, it was the Jewish belief that the Messiah would present himself at the temple, even at the pinnacle, at the roof of the temple, uh, and announce to the world who he was, that he was the Messiah. So Satan, in a sense, is tempting him to do that. What, uh, what Satan is saying here is, um, and he's also getting Jesus to, to question his own identity. Uh, once again, he says, if you are the Son of God. He's saying, you know, God says that he loves you, but will he actually prove it? Anyone can say that they love you, but why don't you see if he actually does? And Jesus once again responds with words from Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 16 this time. says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus says, you know what, Satan, my father, what my father has told me is good enough for me. I know who I am. I know that he loves me because he has said so. I'm not going to force my father's hand to prove it. I will trust him. So Satan tries to use God's word here to put Jesus to the test. But Jesus once again responds by trusting in his father in heaven. Jesus doesn't have to test God's love for him. He knows it. Um, He knows God's love. He knows God's word. And that is good enough. For him. So obviously Satan will tempt us in very similar ways. And he can test, tempt us to put God to the test as well. Um, there's been times in my life, and maybe you can relate to this, uh, where I'll, I'll say to myself, you know what, I know I probably shouldn't be doing this, but if God doesn't want me to do it, then he'll put a stop to it. Um, There was a relationship that I was involved in before Stephanie. Uh, I thought this was going to be the girl that I would marry. Uh, There were some warning signs that that this uh, probably was not going to work out. Uh, Our career paths were heading in very different directions. Uh, I felt very called to the ministry. And um, she could support that, but not in the way that would be best for our marriage. And uh, I plowed ahead regardless. Uh, It ended very badly. Um, My heart was broken. Uh, the engagement was called off, um, but obviously 
uh, God had something better in store for me uh, in my wife, Stephanie. And so um, often in my life, and I'm sure you may be the same way, uh, we think, well, if God doesn't want me to do it, then he'll just stop. He'll just make me quit. Uh, We're putting God to the test. Uh, When we engage in relationships that we know that we shouldn't be in, uh, when we do things that we know we shouldn't be doing, um, but we say, you know, if God wants, uh, doesn't desire this, then he will end it. Um, and in a sense, we think the ends justify the means as well. Uh, if we feel, feel like our motives are good, then it doesn't matter how we get there. But that's not true. This is not the case. So we know that, the, that Satan tempted Jesus in these ways, and he tempts us as well. But what, what do we learn from the temptations? What do they show us this morning? Well, first of all, and this, is very, this should be very obvious, um, but the very first thing that we learn is that Satan does tempt us. Satan is real. Uh, they say that the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he did not exist. Well, Satan does exist, and he is real. And he does tempt us. And not only does does Satan tempt us, but God actually allows us to be tempted. This is hard to reconcile sometimes. Uh, But Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Um, Temptations, the temptations of Jesus were not outside of God's sovereign control, and our temptations are not outside God's sovereign control either. Uh, James 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance. And let perseverance have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, God uses these temptations for his good, for his glory, uh, for our good. Temptations are the the crucible where our faith is refined and, and purified and found genuine. Proverbs 17, verse 3 says, The crucible is for silver and the furnace for gold, and the Lord tests the heart. Uh, We will face temptations in our lives. What we need to know is that Satan will be very, very crafty in his temptations. He tried to exploit Jesus' greatest weaknesses. He knew that Jesus was extremely hungry, so he offered him something as very simple as bread. Um, Jesus uh, was able to resist that temptation. Um, And Satan knows our struggles as well. And if he knows that we struggle with lust, he's going to make sure that our sight is riddled with provocative images, that we will see those everywhere and everywhere we look. Um, If we are a a mom who struggles with her own self-worth or or self-identity, He'll make sure that that you see those other people's Facebook statuses who seem to to have life perfect and to have it all together. Uh, What he tries to do is is to twist what we know to be true. Satan is the great deceiver. He twists the truth. He did this with Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, did God really say? We begin to question God, what he has said what we know to be true, and Satan sows these seeds of doubt in our mind through the temptations. Uh, we begin to question things that, that we should be sure of, like, you know, does, does my husband really love me? 
or does does my wife really respect who I am and what I do? Um, if other people knew what I knew about myself, would they really want to be around me? Um, Satan loves to sow seeds of doubt in our mind, but praise be to God, we are not alone in our temptations. So yes, Satan does exist, and he does tempt us, and he is very crafty in his temptations, but we do not face our temptations alone. You see, Jesus didn't face his temptations alone. He wasn't left by God in the wilderness to fend for himself. No, he was led by the Spirit. He had the Spirit with him, guiding him and directing him. We saw in his baptism that that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. No, Jesus was never alone. And we don't face our temptations alone either. Because the same Spirit that is in Christ is in us. John 14, verse 16, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And what does Jesus say at the end of Matthew chapter 28? He says, And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, um, this is probably an illustration that has been overdone, but it's like that footprints poem that you know. You know, through, throughout our lives we see these set of footprints uh, that Jesus is walking with us through our lives and in the deepest, the darkest moments. Yes, that's when he is carrying us. He is always with us. The problem is, is that most often we're kind of like Oliver on the John Deere. Um, we try to grab control. We think that, hey, I can handle this. Um, and we take off and we run into our fences and we, we crash our clay pots. Um, and this is what usually happens when we face our temptations alone. But there's another favorite activity of Oliver. And one of the things that he loves to do is when Daddy is riding around on his tractor in the yard, maybe mowing the grass or, or hauling some wood to the wood pile, uh, he loves to run up and, and have a ride with me. And so I stick him I stick him in front of me, in between my legs, let him steer as I push the pedals. And yes, we may take a, a very a circuitous route. We may not uh, get there uh, exactly as intended. Um, but there's no crashing here. There's no fences to run into. There, there's no clay pots. Um, because I am with him and I am guiding him. Um, if we drive through temptations on our own, we will crash. But thanks be to God, we are never alone. Christ is with us. He is with us by His Spirit. So the great truth that we can learn from these temptations this morning is not the fact that we need to face temptations like Jesus. I think this is often our our mistake. Well, this is what Jesus did, so now I can do that. Um, I can be like Jesus. We're not being called to be like Jesus here, to face temptations like him. We are called to face temptations with him. We need to remember the fact that Jesus, Jesus has conquered for us. So now we don't have to be like Oliver on the John Deere driving by ourselves. We don't have to face these temptations alone. He is always with us. 
Because Christ has overcome these temptations, He is with us through His Spirit. We, too, can overcome temptations, not on our own, but through Christ. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.13, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Notice it's not us providing our own way of escape. God is providing the way of escape. It is from God. Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is the power to overcome these temptations. Uh, if you remember the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us how to pray. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's not that we are delivering ourselves from evil. It is that we pray for God to deliver us. We pray for Him to do it. And when we are riding along through life with Christ, temptations lose their power. When, when husbands and wives, for example, are loving each other well in their marriage through Christ, the temptation to commit adultery is greatly diminished. That's not to say it's never going to happen. Not to say that those things are, are gone. Temptation is, 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 is done with. Uh, but the temptation is less when we are driving with Christ as we trust in Him. So by way of application this morning, what do we do? So what? Where, where do we go with this as we leave this place? Uh, we need to remember that Christ has overcome and that Christ is with us in our temptations. The temptations teach us that Christ has overcome the power of Satan. Not only through these temptations, but also through, ultimately, His death on the cross. So now when we face temptations, we do not face them alone. We face them with Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we never have to face these alone. As Ed read this morning in our uh, call to worship, you know, the beautiful words of Psalm 23. We have assurance that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because He is with us. Yes, we will certainly face temptations. They will come. They constantly come. God will use them to develop our faith and to, to develop our perseverance. But take heart. Jesus has overcome. Hear these words from John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have tribulation. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Amen. Let's pray. Our most gracious God and our Father in heaven, Lord, I pray that we would believe these words of Jesus, that in these times, this world of tribulation, that we would have peace, knowing that Christ has overcome the world. Lord, I pray that as we uh, as we go through these temptations, that we would not seek to go through them alone, 
that we would know your abiding presence by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would react in the way that Jesus did, trusting in you with patience, trusting in your word, which we know is true. Lord, I pray that we would not believe the lies that Satan is telling us, that we would not succumb to the shortcuts that he offers us, that we would not bow to the the provision that, that he tries to provide, but Lord, that we would trust in you. I pray that you would draw us so close to you, Lord, that we would be able to resist these temptations, not in our power, but through your power, because you have conquered sin and death and hell. We long for the day, Lord, we look forward to it, uh, when Satan will be completely defeated, when death will no longer reign, when there will be no more crying or tears or pain or suffering or temptations, uh, because we will be made like you. Lord, we long for that day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.